Hopefully you brought a Bible with you. We're going to be looking in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1. And if you don't have one, I'm going to be reading a lot of it. You can follow along, but if you want one, we can get one to you. And Daniel, I'm sorry, I said chapter 1. It's Daniel chapter 2. Uh, we were in Daniel chapter 1. And, and so the focus this morning, the title of the message is, Who Listens When I Pray? And so we're going to talk about that, in, and we're going to look in Scripture at part of Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, it says, Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians and astrologers, uh, the sorcerers and the Chaldeans, to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream. We were just focused on a Martin Luther King Jr. day and his I have a dream speech. That was a great speech. And, uh, but he had a dream and now he wants them to interpret it for him. Uh, it's one thing to have a dream, a longing, and it's another to have a dream when you're asleep. This was when he was asleep. So they came and stood before the king. The king said, I have had a dream and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will give the interpretation. But the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, my decision is firm. Now if you're reading in the New King James, it says uh, that um, this thing is gone from me making it sound like Nebuchadnezzar didn't remember the dream, but the New King James and a lot of other translations, it says, my decision is firm, that Nebuchadnezzar remembered at least part of the dream, but he has made the decision now not to tell them his dream. See, if they're really that good, they should know the dream and the interpretation of the dream. So, that's what the king has decided. My decision is firm. If you do not, I'm sorry, if you do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made an ash heap. This is not Mr. Nice Guy. It, kings had a lot more authority in that day than they do in our day, at least in most parts of the world. And, and the king, the ruler, could have just put you to death and literally hacked you to pieces. A really grotesque thing he threatens to do. Verse 6, however, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you will receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and the interpretation. They answered again and said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will give its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. He has made the decree. If you do not make known my dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the time has changed, till he, he forgets about the dream. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. 
Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. So part of what they said is true, that it hasn't been asked like this before, except, you remember uh, Joseph before Pharaoh, and he gave the dream and the interpretation of the dream? So, uh, but there, there, this is an, really an amazing demand that they want, the king wants them to tell them what was in his heart when he was in private and asleep. Verse 11, it's a difficult thing the king requires. And there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods. They have it almost right. Make it a capital G and drop off the S. The one God, and then it would be right whose dwelling is not with flesh, and that's not quite right either. For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave a command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out, and they sought, or they began killing the wise men. They began preparing for it. There's no indication that any of the wise men died before they got to Daniel and his companions to kill them. Uh, because verse 14 with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard. Now, in chapter 1, it talked about Daniel having favor with some of the leaders there. And now he has favor with this man as well. Uh, verse uh, 15, he answered and said, Why is the decree from the king so urgent? And so Arioch told him why. Verse 16, Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. That's pretty astounding, that he would ask that when the king has already decreed they'll all be put to death if they can't do it. And he said, hey, king, can we wait a minute? Can we wait a little while? Give us some time here. And apparently the king said yes. Verse 17, Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, the four of them, had purposed to follow God. Verse 18, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed to Daniel in a night vision, so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. We'll read that in just a moment. You see, God can accurately reveal that which is otherwise unknowable. God can do that. He revealed truth to Nebuchadnezzar, who at that time was a pagan king, who was an enemy of Israel. And he revealed truth to Daniel, who was dedicated, honoring God. Normally, God reveals more of his truth to those who serve him. Normally. Hebrews 11.6, God is a rewarder of who? Those who diligently seek him. Those who pursue him. James 4, 8, draw near to God, and what's he going to do? Draw near to you. Uh, Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is where? Near. Call upon him while he is near. So most of the time, God reveals himself to those who are pursuing him. Jeremiah warned against false prophets who interpreted so-called spiritual dreams and visions and yet was leading the people astray. He said it was not the wisdom from God, but a lie from the devil. 
Acts 5 tells us that Satan put into the heart of Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the Holy Spirit. And they suffered because of it. We have a luxury that people in the Bible did not have. We have the Bible. <laughs> and, and we have more revelation than any of them had. So, Kathy had a strange dream the other night. And so, she totally ignored it because it wasn't a vision from God. She can read her Bible and know it was just a weird dream. I told you guys about my weird dream with Benjamin and I having a conversation with Ronald Reagan, right? Well, Ronald Reagan called me this week and left a message on my church phone. So. <laughs> I played it for Benjamin and Megan. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. So um, it, it, it was just a bad dream and somebody was following up with a funny joke. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, God said, and what will God do? Show you great and mighty things which you cannot know. Now, now I think by the time my kids were freshmen in high school, they were already beyond the level of math that I got to. Um, I loved math, but I got absorbed into running, and so everything just dropped, and I totally focused on sports through all of high school, and I just didn't advance in areas that I should have. And so their math was beyond my ability to help them. They'd ask for help with their math, and I'd say, talk to your mother, because <laughs> she could help them, because she had had that math, and I hadn't. We have limited intelligence. The most brilliant human on the planet has limited intelligence compared to God. God said his ways are so far beyond our ways that they are beyond our finding out unless he reveals himself to us. Aren't you glad God chose to reveal himself? See, apart from God's desire to reveal himself, you know what we would think? We could go out, we could look at the stars and we could say, wow, those are cool. Wonder where they came from. We can look at plants and trees and animals and say, those are cool, or those taste delicious, and, and wonder where they came from. But because God has revealed himself, we can look at the stars and say, God made you, and he knows you, and he called the stars by name. He spoke them into existence, because he is awesome creator God, and he has revealed himself in Scripture. The Bible said God put into our hearts the knowledge of Him and the law of creation. So we have the law of conscience and the law of creation in every man's heart. But, but we needed more. You see, all that would do is tell us there's a God who's amazing. But how can we connect with Him? The Chaldeans said, God does not dwell with men. God's beyond men. But the amazing thing in Scripture is God chose to dwell with men. Emmanuel, God with us. And in the Old Testament, they had the Holy Spirit come upon them. In the New Testament and in our day, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us because God chose to live with people. Now, back to Nebuchadnezzar here. It's possible he did not remember all the dream, 
But the indication here is the dream had impacted him so significantly that he wanted them to be able to tell the dream so that he could then trust the interpretation of the dream. And he didn't get what he wanted. What do we normally do when we don't get what we want? We get upset, right? Yeah. It's difficult to make good decisions when you're angry. In chapter 1, we have Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they have been examined by the king, and how many times better were they than all the other guys? Ten times better, more intelligent, more gifted, more understanding, more insight. And so the king is amazed with these guys. And so what does he do? He promotes them, puts them in positions of authority. In chapter 2, what's he going to do to them? Kill them. Why? He had a bad dream, and he's mad at everybody. Some people wake up angry. I was that way until I got married. And I remember after Kathy and I got married, we woke up in the morning, it's 5.30 in the morning, and she's singing praise to the Lord. And I'm putting the pillow over my head because it's too soon to get up. But I've learned to be a little more cheerful in the morning. A little more. <laughs> I would say a lot more, but she's here, so I can't really say that. But, um, Maybe you, like me, have had the experience of saying words that you regret and doing actions that you regret when you were upset. You did something. So I encourage you, never make a major decision in your life when you're angry. Wait. Calm down first. Now, I have some good news with you, for you, and it may contradict what you heard here back in November. Uh, number two, God hears every prayer. What? Yeah, God hears every prayer. God can accurately reveal that which is otherwise unknowable, and he hears every prayer. On November 5th, I preached a message called, Does God Want to Hear Your Prayers? And we talked about sometimes God's not really listening when you pray. Well, um, let me give you two examples. First uh, Peter 3, 7, uh, the Lord says, "Husband," or Peter's writing, but it's the in inspired by the Holy Spirit, husbands, dwell with your wives with understanding, giving honor to your wives as if they were the weaker vessel, being heirs together of the grace of life. Now, that's what he tells the husbands to do. And then he says, if you don't, your prayers will be hindered. So all of you wise, memorize 1 Peter 3, 7. Now, it's not that you are supposed to make your husband do that. His answers to God, and he's supposed to do that. So, guys, if you're not cherishing your wife, taking care of your wife, providing for your wife, God's not really paying attention when you pray. And then uh, another one, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart... The Lord will not hear. So God will not pay attention to the prayers of those who are choosing to sin. So is that contradictory to what I say on the screen here, that God hears every prayer? No. He hears and ignores. 
Kind of like what Jim was saying earlier. <laughs> it's on the paper, but oh well, right? <laughs> you, you have, some of you have kids. And your kids listen. They hear the words coming out of your mouth. The words that go through space, the sound waves leave your mouth and they end up hitting the ear of the child. And it goes in the ear and it's processed up into the brain and the neural network system hears those sounds. But they don't really listen. God said, he will hear your prayer, but he won't really listen unless it's coming from your heart pursuing him. Now, in verses 10 and 11, the Chaldeans said, There's, God does not dwell with human flesh, but God does dwell with men. From the beginning in the garden, God created man in his own image. And he walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. His spirit dwells in us. So closely, so intimately, that Romans 8 says when we're not sure how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So the Holy Spirit is talking to the Father through the Son on our behalf because we're not sure how to pray. And there are times when you just cry out to God, Oh God! And He knows exactly what's going on in your heart. God hears every prayer. That's the good news. The not quite so good news. God answers according to His will, not yours. Now, when I was younger, that bothered me. The ladies in Bible study Monday night were talking about some... Well, no, that was yesterday in the ladies' lunch. Talking about sometimes God doesn't answer prayers. I wasn't at either event, but I heard the story. So we have recorded when the ladies are in here. We <laughs> want to make sure they're being biblical. So we Now, Kathy and Megan came and told me what happened. And so sometimes we get discouraged when God doesn't answer prayers. We pray and pray and pray, and it seems reasonable. It, it seems like this must be God's will. And God doesn't answer. And sometimes... We quit. We give up on God. See, God is sovereign. That means He's in charge. Now, if God always, every time, answered prayer exactly the same way, I mean, for everybody, we'd have a really messed up world. I, I can remember going into a cross-country race when one of my teammates said to me, he'd really prayed and he was certain God was going to give him the victory that day. And I was pretty certain God was going to give me the victory that day. You know, people pray over football games and basketball games. People pray they catch every light green. Well, the people going the other way are praying the same thing. So what if you both get every light green? It's a mess, 
right? We pray for physical healing, and God wants to use the discomfort and pain to make us more like Christ. We pray for financial blessing, and God wants us to trust Him in our financial difficulties. God is sovereign. He answers according to his will, not yours, not mine. And by the way, people sometimes get the misguided impression that when pastor prays, God really listens. The Bible says in James chapter 5, the fervent prayer of a righteous man. And by the way, a righteous person. It says man, but it's not male only. A righteous human being accomplishes much. So it's not wrong to ask your pastor to pray, but it is wrong to have the superstitious belief that when your pastor prays, well, God has to listen. Guess what? God says no to me just like he does to you. He is sovereign. He rules, and sometimes God says no because he knows what will best make you more like Christ, Romans 8, 29, that God wants us, he has planned in advance that we would become more like Jesus Christ. Uh, Sometimes he said no because he knows best like Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians 12 when Paul said, Lord, please take this thorn in the flesh away. And God said, no, no, no. And then God said, my grace is sufficient. And so Paul said, I don't want it to be taken away. I want the power of Christ in my life through this weakness. Unanswered prayers are sometimes the result of unspiritual desires. James 4.3 says, sometimes God says no because our motives are filled with wrong desires. At other times, unanswered prayers are never explained. But we choose to trust that God is good and that he is loving and wise and someday, maybe not till heaven, we'll understand why God allowed this in our lives. Because God hears every prayer, but God answers according to His will and not yours. Prayer involves directing your thoughts and words toward God and listening to Him. We started with the question, who listens when I pray? The answer is, God listens to you and then you listen to Him. Don't wait for an audible voice. Don't pray and then wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Like I got the phone call from Ronald Reagan. (laughs) It was a nice fake, but it wasn't Ronald Reagan. (laughs) It's possible I'll see him in heaven someday. He professed a faith in Christ. It'd be neat if he were there. I wish everybody could go there. But listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit in your heart, not the audible voice. It's not likely you're going to hear God speak from heaven and say, now, Jim, this is what I want you to do. 
Now, when he's asleep, Cloyce might whisper in his ear, Jim, this is God. This is what I want you to do. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to blow your secret there, Cloyce. <laughs> I honestly, I wish I could tell you, here's the five secrets to make your prayer more powerful so God will really listen. I saw a magazine and this full page ad in a magazine said, this guy could teach you how to make your prayers focus like a laser beam. You can get what you want. Well, see, I am of the firm belief that I am stupid and God is Brilliant. And so if I tell God what I want, I'm a dummy asking the genius to do what I want. God knows so much more than I do. In fact, I honestly, I shared this with my family and a couple of close friends some years ago. I was praying about something and, and I was really earnestly seeking God's desire and I had two choices and, and my heart wanted to go in both directions, but that's not possible. And so I was praying to the Lord and I said, Lord, please, I feel like I'm getting a divided heart here. Show me what's to do. And God said, you choose. I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, you choose. And I said, I can't do that, God. I'm dumb. I don't know which would be the best. You know the end from the beginning. I don't. You need to tell me. And gradually, over the next few days, God turned my heart where there was only one choice left on the table. The other one was out of the picture. That was just as much God's leading if he'd said, Terry, I want you to go through door number two. It just as much God's leading. But we don't often get an audible voice. In fact, in all my years of trying to follow the Lord and praying to the Lord, I can only remember sensing like an audible voice three times in all those years. Most of the time, it's the gradual impression of the Holy Spirit on my heart. So, Read the scripture. Who wrote this? God did. Now, God spoke through Daniel to get the book of Daniel written down. He spoke through Peter to get the book of Peter written down. He spoke through Paul to get the book of Romans and others written down. But it was the Holy Spirit of God who inspired this. What happens often in Christianity people want to know the leading of the Holy Spirit in their life. And the Holy Spirit gave an instruction manual. And we ignore the instruction manual. Now, that's okay if you're assembling a toy for your kids. In fact, most of the time, the instruction manual is not written in English English. You know? It, it tells you to, well, I can't even say some of the crazy things that we have read on instruction manuals. And, and you know the person writing is really proud of their English, but it's not really English, English. Um, what I find most helpful is to go on YouTube and get the instruction manual and look at some guy doing it on YouTube, and then I can figure it out. You can't go on YouTube and find the Bible. 
Oh, you can find on YouTube people reading the Bible, people teaching the Bible. There's a lot of error on YouTube. People teaching things that the Bible doesn't really say. What you need to do is get into the Word of God. You say, well, I just can't read the King James or the New King James. I just don't get it. Well, get something you get. Read the Word of God. Read it and learn it and meditate on it and memorize it and understand it. What we tell the kids in our Awana clubs is that the most important things about learning the Bible is to know what it means and where it's found because then you can go back and find it anytime. To pass the Awana standard, they also have to memorize it word for word. But in life, knowing what it means and where it's found, then you can find it and you can share it with other people and you can learn from it. And quite often, we know what it means, but we're not sure where it's found. And that's what false teachers prey on. They'll say, well, the Bible says, and they'll say something the Bible doesn't really say. So learn the Word of God. Read the Scripture. Listen to the Holy Spirit speaking through His Word. He may not answer the way you want to, but really, um, prayer is inclining your heart toward God. And if you truly seek Him, He will bring you to a place where you can tolerate the no like the Apostle Paul could and say, I'm willing for God to be in control and God to work in my life. Now, number five, true prayer begins and ends in worship and submission. We don't hear Daniel's prayer, but we hear the end of his prayer. What was the model prayer that Jesus prayed? How does it begin? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So Daniel, verse 20, answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. Hallowed be thy name. For wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. True prayer begins and ends in worship and submission. He can change hearts. He can remove or he can raise up. We love to praise God when we get the promotion, but sometimes the demotion is from God working in our hearts and lives. He can remove or raise up. He rules over the times and the seasons. So that today actually feels a little bit like January. Yesterday was a lovely spring day, wasn't it? Or or Friday was a lovely spring day. Yesterday was, was a little cooler than normal for us. I can remember once in Texas, Kathy called me, I was at work, and I had ridden my motorcycle to work wearing a short sleeve shirt, and she called me and said, a blue northern's coming in. Okay, and is that a new airline? I didn't know what it was. 
we were new, and she'd heard it on the radio or television news or something, and, and she said, there's a storm that's supposed to drop the temperature 30 degrees in the next 20 minutes. I said, you're kidding. She said, no, you might want to head home on your motorcycle. And so I thought that was a great idea. She occasionally has them. <laughs> she has them all the time. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now we have peanut butter. I'm good. Uh, uh, she has a lot of good ideas, and that was one of them. And so I said, you know, I'm going to leave. And I got on the motorcycle, and I'm driving home, and it's beautiful. And I thought, what was she talking about? And I get down onto the road we lived on, got off the freeway down on the road we lived on, and I'm cruising. And just north of where we lived was a huge park, not as big as Central Park, but it was a big park, a bigger than any park here in town. It was a huge park, and lots of big trees in that park. And I was looking, and you could see the trees in the park just suddenly going crazy. Looked like some giant had just grabbed the tree and started shaking it like crazy. And I could see that moving south across the park. And I thought, it's going to hit me before I get home. And it did. And I went from a beautiful, warm, gorgeous motorcycle ride to freezing cold because it dropped 30 minutes in four, or 30 degrees in four minutes. It was crazy. And what's really weird is some people still live there. <laughs> we felt love of God to leave. Uh, but listen, God rules over the times and the seasons of our lives, not just of our days. He's in charge, and he's trustworthy. Warren Wearsby said, faith is living without scheming. I like that. Living without scheming, we just trust and follow him. God hears every prayer. God answers according to his will, not yours. And, and true prayer begins and ends in worship and submission. So when you pray, don't try to talk God into doing what you want. Rather, Seek to align your heart with his heart. He rules. You don't. He understands everything. You don't. He knows the future. You don't. He understands the heart of men. You don't. Sometimes we don't even understand our own hearts. The Apostle Paul said that in Romans 7. Sometimes I know what to do and I don't do it. And I know what I shouldn't do and then I do it. And what a mess we are if it weren't for the grace of God. He knows what is best for your life. For life. Forever. And you don't. So instead of trying to talk God into doing what you want, why don't you try and align yourself with him? Seek his wisdom. Go with him. 
Now, we know from later in the book of Daniel that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have remained faithful to God and would have trusted God even if they were being ready to be put to death because that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did with the fiery furnace. That's what Daniel did facing the den of lions, and that's that's the was in their heart. They wanted to follow God, and you and I need to put that in our heart, that we will follow God whether he lets us know what he's doing or not, whether we understand or not, whether it feels good or not. He's God, and we're not. And we will choose to trust and follow him. There's a chorus in our hymnal. Change my heart, O God. I love this chorus. We're going to sing it together. That's what prayer begins with, genuine prayer. Asking God to tune our heart toward Him. Let's stand as we sing.